0: Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancor,
1: a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this
2: is John. I play your half-orc barbarian,
1: Carlton Tanks.
2: Hi, this is Julia.
3: I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns.
4: And I am Lauren, a.k.a. OboCrazy, your humble DM. And welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished Adventurers, last time on Dungeon Drunks. Waterdeep has been invaded by an army of kobolds, undead, and demons, all led by Veng Ashdokker. After exchanging some sendings with him, the Heralds of Greenest agree to meet with him in the cemetery to try and talk peace. There's much negotiations and several pastries, but finally Veng agrees to meet them again with the black staff at the Golden Rock Tavern the next midnight to discuss in more detail how peace can be achieved. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren. You might know me as crazy I have tea because I'm gonna go work out after this. And you know what's hard to do on a treadmill? Anything if you've had alcohol. So I'm having tea. It's blackberry sage tea. It makes me happy. Bernie, what are you drinking
3: tonight? As I pull my character sheet up, come on, man. No, we're not gonna. (laughs) We're pick a. Shit! It wants to restart the computer. Hold on, friends. We're gonna pick a time.
4: not gonna do this and now at least it did it at the beginning of before we even really
3: started I the game time, the time has popped up in the meantime i think i've had this before but it of course i mean clearly i've had them before but i've had this cider it's collective art cider It's their local press is very good but i saved it until we were actually playing instead of opening it early like i usually <laughs> do and drinking half of it and mm
4: you managed. You managed to hold off just, just long so enough good. for a live tasting. I appreciate that. <laughs> While Bernie is lost in her collective arts brewing, Travancore, what are you drinking?
1: Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening is Mother Earth Brew Company's Call Me Ginger. This is described as a blonde ale brewed with ginger and lemon. It has uh, tasting notes, zesty citrus, crisp and refreshing ale with natural flavor added and the mother earth brewing company is based in California and Idaho. So we're going to do a live tasting. My wife tasted this and she made a face that did not inspire me to fill me with confidence. <laughs> oh, no. as she does sometimes cuz I pick weird stuff and I usually get like two or three that I know she'll like just cuz we it's mix and match, you know, but the weird ones I say I save for uh for me.
4: I, know. I appreciate the glass that you're drinking out of. Very classy.
1: Oh. Okay. Um That is uh, a lot of zest, Um, and a lot of... So, uh, surprisingly, the ginger... You can taste the ginger there, but the citrus is probably the stronger flavor, surprisingly. It Mm. is... There's nothing in there that's smooth or... Well, I guess it is kind of smooth, but, like, it's definitely in your face. And that's not necessarily a bad thing for for a beer, especially for a summer beer. But, eh, we'll have to see if this one grows on me.
4: You did also make a face that I will describe as interesting. Well, (laughs) let's see if... uh, Jonathan, what are you drinking? And are you going to make the same face?
0: Uh, It's a possibility. Uh, Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Magic Muscular. And tonight, I have, once again, a Smirkin' Beard home-brewed mead from our good friend Goober. So, this is one I've been saving for a while. We took a little bit of a break from recording, and... Last time we recorded, I actually forgot that I was supposed to drink this. At the very next time we recorded, so I'm sorry, Goober. Uh, I will make it up to you on Saturday when I see you at the pool party. Uh, anyway, with, and and the thing is, it's like this is coming out so much so long after that. And, but we're not done with the timey wimey stuff, kids. Uh, so this <laughs> is a Chipotle mead. It has on its label capsic capsicumel. Uh, it's a word I don't, don't understand. Like bell pepper,
1: basically? Like capsicum?
0: Here, I'll, I'll just type it out in the chat. Um, so you guys can, can see that.
1: Uh, capsicumel.
0: That's what's written on the label. I don't, I don't know if that's the name of this. I have no idea. Yeah, but it is Chipotle Mead. And we are having a
4: live tasting right now. All right. Multiple live tastings all in the same, the same episode. I like it. It smells spicy.
1: Oh, it's made with chili. Well, that makes sense, because chilies and bell peppers are kind of sort of in the same family. Okay, I got it. He hasn't it's, exploded. I haven't exploded.
0: It definitely doesn't, like, overwhelm you with the spice. It is a lot. It is, it's probably something that you share with someone, and they either love it because they just really like this, the, the flavor of the spice, or they're just kind of like, eh i'm not in love with it but i will finish as much as i can and and as always (laughs) uh goober i really do appreciate your mead and uh we will we will be having more at rtx because he is bringing some since he's driving he's bringing like a bunch
3: yeah i'm excited i just feel like whenever a friend makes something for you it's kind of like the sweetest thing
0: it is. It really is, and uh, and he's coming to share it with all he's of us. The mean so thank you very very much, Goober. And today's shot of fireball to be consumed at the first casting of fireball or the equivalent spell thereof is dedicated. Speaking of RTX, to everyone who came and saw us at RTX. Yes.
1: Yay! Yay! By
0: the time this episode airs, RTX will have passed. Hopefully, our panel on character creation. Um, hopefully it went very well, and you guys learned a whole lot about character creation, and there were some great questions, Field, even from that guy. You know who you are, that guy.
3: I know. And you were so nervous, and we could tell, but you held it together. And that's all that matters.
0: Yes. I I was the nervous one. Actually, I Yeah, quite nervous before panels and uh and other stuff and then our game went super well and everyone had fun everyone who wanted dice got dice except for uh that one lady we hit in the head with dice we are really sorry um (laughs) i love how you say that
4: not knowing what's gonna happen i have no idea (laughs) someone's gonna get hit in the head with dice we're really sorry Anyway,
0: but this shot of fireball is for all of you for coming out and supporting us thank you so much and uh, we love you and we will uh we can't wait to do it again
4: I wholeheartedly agree. Carlton, what are you drinking?
2: That's me. I am drinking Vita Coco, coconut water, pineapple flavored. And I've never actually had coconut water. So we're going to try this.
4: Am I the only one who d- didn't do a live tasting so. this episode? <laughs> Holy shit.
1: that will be a personal record for live tastings in one episode.
4: We're going to have to coordinate a live tasting episode where we all live taste. We can just go and do like a brewery tour I, yes yes can we do both those things meanwhile carlton
2: i'm not sure how i feel about this like i like the pineapple and the coconut's okay but it seems kind of bland
4: mm-hmm. but
2: also it is only coconut water and i miss all my sugar that i can't have anymore it's,
1: you know how funny it is to see the things that i grew up in seeing in indian grocery stores be able to buy for 50 cents now being marked up like crazy at places like whole foods yep that's great
2: <laughs> But yeah, I'm on day four of no added sugar, no artificial sweeteners. So,
1: uh, yeah, I really miss sugar. Update on the ginger beer. It has a ton of bite. It's biting back.
4: <laughs> it's a mimic. Your beer no, is a mimic. Oh, no, my beer
1: is a mimic.
4: <laughs> All right. I have no transition from your beer is a mimic because th- there are no mimics here. There is there is only the watchful order of magic protectors. And the next morning, which is... Not really the crack of dawn because you were all up until midnight the night before negotiating a, a temporary peace with Vang Darkar and his army of undead. But you've all returned to the Watchful Order where the mages there have put you up in some very basic quarters and Araszik has been able to get into contact with Vajra Safar, the Black Staff of Waterdeep. And so when you all... Wake up the next morning and come to his office basically to have breakfast. You see a woman that you all know by reputation, the same way most of you in real life would know a famous celebrity scientist. You know, like the, the way you would know. Uh, I was gonna say politician, but I don't want to get into politics, although there's she definitely has a lot of political power. I'm thinking more like, like. Neil, Neil deGrasse, DeGrasse Tyson. Tyson. <laughs> yeah. Like, so someone... you, you
3: could say it's a politician from another country, like
4: one of the reasons I also go for, say, a scientist or something is this is this is a woman who has achieved the amount of power and notoriety that she has through hard work and her own <laughs> innate talents and not being elected to an, a position, not being famous for famous sake. Like this is a a person who is a talented a uh, wizard in her own right. And so you all know of her in a way. Jonathan, this is technically your ultimate boss at oh. the Watchful Order of and Protectors. She is she doesn't really have anything to do with running the Watchful Order, but when it comes to the head mage in Waterdeep, this is it. So you all arrive at this breakfast. You should with... not have said that. I want to embarrass him so badly now. <laughs> well, and I I'm telling you all this because this is all stuff all of you would know. This is general information. So like last night when when Aras was saying to convince Vang to let the black staff be there at this meeting. This is that person who is going to have the power to hold her own, but also the influence to convince all the politicians in town to go with whatever she says. So, this might be one of the most powerful people in Waterdeep. She's certainly one of the only other people in Waterdeep who are more powerful as far as magical or muscular might than any of you, because sadly, most of those people were not able to survive the uh, the death curse. So you all have your own kind of impressions of who this person is before you arrive at this breakfast meeting lunch thing, this brunch that's going on. Who you find is Arras sitting next to a remarkably young woman for how, how well known and how powerful she is. She's a human, maybe in her mid-30s, Although considering how powerful, you know, she is, all of you are expecting someone much older. She's in very casual clothing for both what this meeting is and who she is. Just kind of leather breeches and an overcoat and and actually what looks like leather armor underneath. And she is carrying with her the, the titular black staff that you are all familiar with, the giant staff with a crooked end on it. She is currently <laughs> looking at Arasic with a, she's got the staff kind of leaning up against the table that they've spread out for this brunch. And she is furiously putting jam on top of a piece of bread and shoveling it into her mouth and saying, you've got to tell me where you got this. This is very, very good. I haven't had jam like this in forever, but I have you been hoarding it? What's going on? And he's like, no, no, that's, that's, that's fine. It's, it's fine. It's, uh, you should be able, Vajra, you should be able to get your own jam. Now, listen, I usually am not able to get even out of the town. Ta- oh, hello! And you all come around the corner and, and find her there. She stands up and says, I, I hear that you're the ones that, that negotiated the-, the partial piece that's going on.
0: That's us, uh, uh, Jonathan the muscular, And I go around and introduce everyone. And, uh, I- I'm Jonathan the muscular isn't sure how to react to this person, so he just like like just bows super low at the waist, just like
4: Hoop.
3: Bernie's gonna elbow him as he bows. Like, what are you doing?
4: And by the time you've been elbowed and come back up, Vajra has come around and stuck a hand in your face to shake your hand. She'll come around and like very brisk one pump. Yes, hello. Yes, nice to meet you. Thank you. Yes, I've heard of you. Businesslike shakes. And then she quickly sits back down and continues to shove the bread with jam into her face and says, So a was
3: telling me about no, what's I'm going sorry, on. No, I'm sorry, ma'am. No? We don't speak with our mouths for where I'm from. I don't
4: have enough time to yeah, be able to- you. I do.
3: Everyone has time for manners. My barbarian chews and swallows and a woman of your stature, if you made it this far- you you're an adult enough to have manners and you learned how to chew your food so we can continue this conversation with or without toast but if there's going to be toast there's going to be manners I'm not watching your food get digested
4: she chews and swallows and looks at Bernie and says the only reason I got to this position when I did is because I didn't take time to chew and swallow in manners but I'm if doing you-
3: very well myself and you know what's really interesting no one has ever seen my chewed food
4: also, the police have been cold on you, and so you'll be taken away shortly. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. No, we no, live. No. I No, no. I, it was just funny, and I yeah. needed to say something to wait for it <sighs> to go by. So it's fine. All right. Bernie says this. What would what would the rest of you like to do? Vajra's is at least sat back down and is finishing her toast.
1: Well, uh, toast of manners notwithstanding, we actually. Ran into the leader of this uh, this uh, group of kobolds not too long ago when we were adventuring the underdark. His name, you may know, is Vang Ashtalker. I think he's just not. You know how people aren't necessarily socialized from the underdark in the ways of of the surface.
4: Yes, but uh, we wouldn't expect anyone. The underdark is a harsh and dangerous place, and certainly. And she she gives kind of a wink to Bernie and looks back at you and says, "The manners there are different."
3: They chew with their mouths closed there, and she picks up the plate of toast and moves it away from her.
4: Oh, it's already gone! Like she like yeah. devoured it and was talking to you in the last bit. But if you move the plate, she like she was in the process of trying to get a second piece, and when you move the plate, she just kind of throws up her hands and continues to look at at Travancore.
1: So what I think it came down to is Veng was looking to to look out for his his people. They were previously following a dragon down there, and that dragon. Died, And then after that, Vang sort of fell into a position where he had to, to lead his people. And he used the language of the Underdark to sort of communicate with us. And unfortunately, it has led to, to death and, and some des- measure destruction for Waterdeep. But I think we can salvage this. I think what well, if you're looking for security of people, that's something we could probably arrange, provided, of course, that the, the army of the Undead gets dismissed.
4: Yes, of course. No, we can't have uh, zombies. That would and and the, uh, whatever demons and devils you've summoned as well. The, also those need to go away. But the the kobolds and any of the other sentient creatures that are not currently undead or devils or demons are more than welcome. I mean, they can stay, although I wouldn't recommend it at this point because there's not going to be a lot of people who are going to be welcoming to an invading army. No.
2: I think my friend has a question. Jonathan.
0: Jonathan. Oh yeah, sorry. Jonathan's got his hand up. I was waiting to be called. I, Jonathan, and, uh, and myself were waiting to be called on. Uh,
4: you you don't have to do that here, dear. It's fine. What, um, what, what?
0: Jonathan the muscular has two points. One, the dragon didn't just die. We fucking killed it. And...
4: Oh, yes. I'd heard the report. Uh, as
0: he says that, he holds out a fist at Bernie level.
3: Bernie fist bumps him.
0: And, uh, the second thing is, I believe, uh, based on my observations of Vang in our last parlay... I think that he is in possession of an object that has given him both the. That is, not both. It's given him power over the undead. It's given him the ability to make undead and uh, also just wield uh, magical power that is far beyond him. I, of course, am a studied wizard, and it was very clear that uh, Vang had no magical power when we first met him, and now he commands an army of the undead. Uh there's a little bit of a discrepancy there, but I believe some of that comes from this staff, so that is something to keep in mind uh during our dealings with him.
2: Also he had a big big uh demon monkey with him.
3: Yeah. Kind of a King Kong. Not that big. Not that big.
0: More Large like... Large definitely.
3: More like a prince Kong.
4: Son of Kong. Viceroy of Kong. Kong?
3: donkey (laughs) kong probably
4: probably donkey kong
3: yeah considering donkey kong size i think the question here is they believe they have well they have they do not believe there is currently a power in the city that can repel them i think it might be it it might be in their best interest to disabuse them of that idea
4: well the the problem is that they're not incredibly wrong that There are powers left in the city, including myself, that could completely eradicate them off the face of the planet. It would just cause so much extra damage to the city itself that we're not willing to wield it just yet, especially since they were at least following some of the rules of war and we're not slaughtering innocent people but we're we're very quickly coming up to that point in where the mass laws are going to ask me to just drop an entire meteor on the area that they have taken care of and i would rather not do that
0: do you yeah you, you can you can do that
4: yes yes i c- i would rather not but i can yeah um, could
0: could you could you teach jonathan the match muscular at some time I, would be I I think happy. you
4: need I think you need a little more study before yes. you start dropping meteors on things. I, I, but, but when I, you get to I, that point definitely get... let me know.
0: Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> Jonathan the magic muscular has like a tidy smile on his face.
3: Gonna <laughs> elbow him again.
0: That's basically <laughs> just Jonathan Wait,
2: asking for a promotion like, "Hey, can you
0: promote <laughs> me?" <laughs> hey, British, here's British, like, a shiny what are you? here is Where the
4: are ultimate expression of your fire. <laughs> Yes, I'd like to be level 20 now and drop Meteor Swarm on the entire city. Hey, I
1: could, you know, if Thanos could do it, I, I should be able to. So let's figure out what it is that the city of Waterdeep is willing to concede or grant to, to Vang should he dismiss his army. Like, the first thing I would yeah. ask if I were Vang is what assurances do I have once my army goes away that any promise, any deal would be kept?
4: Well, to be honest, what we would rather like is for them to leave, find somewhere else to be. The assurances would be that we would not harry them like a a retreating army the the way that we would if they were to just leave. So if they want to stay, that is going to be much more complicated, and I'm not sure if that's something that we could really negotiate in a night. I can try, but... uh,
2: Would you be willing to help them leave, like provide... Since he's going to give up his army, he'll probably want, like, your army to, like, help escort his people to their new home, because kobolds have a tendency to get attacked.
4: Well, he still has a sizable force, even without the undead. I'd certainly be willing to offer safe passage and supplies, and a, a group like his, as long as they didn't turn into bandits along the road, shouldn't be harried, as long as they stick with the rule of law i i don't know where to send them though that's the problem we don't have anywhere to to send them to Car-
0: I, I think carlton yeah has a suggestion on that so my ancestral home
2: has been abandoned for some time and it had a way into uh the underdark cave system so they could go there it's in the crypt garden forest
4: that's an interesting thought. I'm not sure if they would be interested in going back into the underdark if they made such a uh, they made such a push to get out of it to begin with. Is there anything? Well,
2: uh, there's entrances to it, but also like they can just like stay at the surface level of the caves, so that way they're not blinded all the time, and then they can farm the lands. There's already also houses. I don't know the state of repair that they're in. They're probably pretty. Um, Disheveled or dilapidated. I mean, dilapidated, that's the word. Dilapidated. Isn't yeah, the entire
0: city of Red Larch destroyed? Near yeah, the they Garden? could go to Red Larch. Well, that whole
2: city, yeah. So we could, or even, even Red Larch. But um, yeah, there is the whole forest that we cleared out from the Rot Demon next to Red Larch. I don't know if the people have resettled Red Larch since then, but if they haven't, I don't think my people have re established our home. And if they did, I'd be a little annoyed that I didn't get the invite to come back.
3: Well, maybe we (laughs) should. Got lost in the sending. Honestly, and I understand. I think maybe our first plan of action is to send a scout, because we can't make a promise to send them to an unoccupied space that is occupied. Like, that's we can't we can't thrust onto someone else that which has been thrust upon us.
0: That's actually a really good point.
4: This is this is very true. So I, I know for a fact that Red Larch has not been resettled because it, it is, it, as far as I know, you had taken care. I've, I've read up on your dossier. I don't have it with me, but it looks like um, the, the demon that was there was taken care of. The rot that was uh, purveying in that area has, has retreated, but it is the middle of winter and it, the entire town was destroyed. So as far as I know, that is still just a wasteland. Uh, how are the giant, how's the giant problem? Uh, I'd yeah. heard that they had gone back to their normal hunting grounds, but I, I am not as familiar specifically with what's going on in the Crypt Garden Forest. Is it, are you talking specifically about the forest or was it something nearby?
2: Well, my, uh, home, uh, South Crypt was like kind of in the forest against the Sword Mountains. Uh, and that's where the caves go in. But yeah, there was, there was little, little individual farms there. There were houses and watchtowers, so. Can
4: you, can you show me on a map? Do you have a map? Well, you have a map. <laughs> you do have a map at the store. I open store.
2: up the bag holding. I go, map. All right. And I like, un- I, un- I unfurl it like, like a, yeah. like a little flourish. And I go, and I do like the wing- finger in the air circling. And then I like circle into pink. And I point. Okay. Right to where South Crypt is on the map. Or was, rather.
4: Yeah, let me pull up. Let me pull up my map. Vajra looks at it for a second and says, All right, talk amongst yourselves for a moment. And she closes her eyes. And Jonathan, you watch her make a, a few gestures with her hand. And you get the, the sense she's sending to somebody.
3: Like a fax? Is she faxing that? She is totally faxing. She
4: so opens he her magically... mouth and it goes. To, it does the modem sound. She's
3: going to reach out and open her chin. She's going to be like...
4: If if there's nothing anybody wants to say, if you want to just sit politely and wait, after a brief moment, you see her nod. And then she'll look at the map a little bit longer and says, okay, someone's going to get back to me in just a moment. Oh, While we explore that possibility, so this would be resettlement of the entire group. We'd be able to provide them with some support and definitely, hopefully they would take that up and would leave. But... I'm not sure. Do we have any other options in case either they say no to that trek or they want to stay closer or... I mean, you know this Veng much better than I. Is uh, We could try integrating them into Waterdeep. We certainly have plenty of kobolds who live here peacefully. I am just worried that they are going to find a lot of the citizens are going to have problems interacting with them on a regular basis after they came through. And attacked and destroyed and took over half of Waterdeep.
3: Are there any kobolds who live here who would be willing to come to the meeting with us so that Lauren can have
4: to do three NPCs <laughs> at once? <laughs> Lauren will do as many NPCs as she absolutely has to. <laughs> uh, I don't know of any offhand.
0: That's actually a really good idea because that would sort of sort of say there's already a community here. You could just expand that community.
1: It wouldn't Mediate things somewhat, but remember, there are different ways of migration. These kobolds who have been in Waterdeep have been here, potentially for a while, learned the rules of how to live here, and then you have a group that's coming straight from the Underdark, so there could be tensions within that community based on that.
2: And then also, Vang was very specific in who was allowed to attend the meeting.
3: That's true. I I mean, why not? Here's the thing. I don't think it would be very horrible to send a message to Vang and say, would you be interested? We would like to bring a kobold from the water deep community with us because here's the deal if he says no, I think it's just
0: it's a it's a tactic it's a potential tool that we could use to demonstrate that integration could happen
3: and I think the question that they are honestly what we have to be able to speak to is he does not believe there is anything better than what he has already achieved and I think his issue is that he, what I understood for this, is that he does not see that there is any other way to exist safely than to be the most powerful group. He sees a future in which he will exist as an occupying force in this area forever and for always. I don't think he understands that there is another way.
0: He is all in on the might makes right, right now. Yes.
3: Well, and he... I don't think he understands that he has not really left the Underdark in that if he is going to create a community that is always looking over their shoulder.
4: I will, I will say, if he has agreed to this meeting, then something you must have said the, after, uh, the last night must have at least... If not poked, his interest changed his mind, because, not to doubt you, but to, it sounds like there's at least some doubt in his mind that he can just hold on to this, or else why would he even bother to talk to all of us? Oh, wait, sorry, hold on just a moment, and she closes her eyes and says, I'm getting a message. Okay, that's interesting. She kind of cocks her head for a second, and she listens, and then she spreads out the map again and looks at carlton and points to the crypt garden forest and then west of the crypt garden forest where those the mountains are where your ancestral home is and says here correct yep right there okay that's surprising the ruins are still there there's nobody there
2: good the the invite didn't get lost in the mail then
4: that's it's odd though now that the rot has been taken care of, and there is safety in that area, I don't understand why there is nobody else there. That itself is suspicious.
2: Wait, like, at all? Like, in the forest? Or just, like, in the, in the, uh, the camp? In the, the town?
4: Well, the person that I contacted was familiar with that area of the forest and was able to do a scry. And unfortunately, uh, they can only do so in so many locations in that area. And they found, yes, the, the wildlife has returned and there are trees and everything. But as far as your specific uh, encampment, they found the ruins, but there's nobody that they could see there. And I right, find as that- as the last
2: living heir to that location, it is mine. And so that everybody knows that they cannot settle it without my permission. That's why it's empty.
4: I, that's I, interesting. That's, did you leave any kind of marker you know there letting that. people know? Because I people don't... People just know. They just know. I, well, I, I, I did... I, 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 I did not. Well, now you do. Well, okay. <laughs> if there's nobody there, that clears up the idea whether the that is a place that we can offer unto them. I... I'm still a little nervous about the fact that there's nothing there, but at least we know that we're not displacing someone else. Uh, that is a bit of a, dr- of a travel, but it is certainly not far. Question.
0: What is the tree cover like? What, basically, is it sufficient that a creature that is sensitive to sunlight would feel comfortable in like, plenty of shade for them, like in the, in the underbrush underneath the canopy of trees?
4: I didn't get too much specific information about the trees themselves.
0: What do I? What what do I remember?
4: Well, what you remember was the crypt garden when it was essentially destroyed. But you do remember that the trees. You remember the trees were mostly dead, but you remember how thick they were, and even though they didn't have any leaves and there was no foliage there, you do remember it was a pretty dense forest. So if it had been healthy, it would have been pretty thick. Vajra will say, well, it'll certainly be more coverage than they'll get here, or at least where his ruins are that is his ancestral home that he seems to own and can tell people, even though they don't also know. Also known that... as Carlton Town. I thought you said that it was called... South the... Crypt is
2: the uh, official term, but, you know, colloquially known as Carlton
4: Well, if you're giving it over to the kobolds, then be prepared for a name change.
2: Right. They'll, yeah, exactly. We'll call, call it Carlton as a thank you.
4: Well, that is up to Veng. I will let you try to negotiate but that But it pot. is a
2: long trek, and if my compatriots are willing, I wouldn't mind helping them and escorting them back as well.
4: That could be useful. I won't. I won't lie. Especially we do know the
2: area, especially because it's on the it's way true. to Anvil.
4: Did we? Or Anvil's on the way? Two, that's, two that's months worth. in Anvil that one night. I especially am a little cautious about. Sending anybody to an area that I would already be nervous about going to myself. And also, you could help guide them around some of the more populated areas. I would not recommend taking an entire army of kobolds through Amphail. Some of the noble houses may have problems with that. Yo, same. Well, this is an option. I'm, I'm willing to entertain others.
3: I think this is our best option, honestly. We have to have a plan B.
0: I think that we have, like, plan... Jonathan the Magic believes that plan A is getting them to leave. And then there's Plan A one, where do they go? Plan A two, where they go somewhere else. Plan B is integration, I think, but I think there's there's again levels of that. Like yeah. do they settle do they integrate just outside the city at first? Do they get to keep this ward? Honestly, Jonathan. I do the not Maj- think
3: they keep the ward. If they keep the ward I can tell you what will happen. It won't be good.
0: Jonathan the muscular agrees. I think it sends a dangerous precedent if someone comes in, kicks down the door, and gets to keep whatever they can. It reinforces that Mike makes right. And that is unhealthy. I also think that whatever happens, Vang Ash Stalker does not leave the community.
3: No. No. Does not leave the community.
0: We don't. He got them here, and he will have helped make... The lives of his people better but he led an invading army that included demons and and undead that even if we don't punish him we can't let the future of this cobalt community be determined by someone who would use those means we can acknowledge that he got them here and that's fine but he's not the we i don't and i don't know how we do that and be like as impartial about it as we can. Well,
2: we'll have a few weeks on the road to get to know the Kobolds, and then when we get there we can say, Hey, so, kobold one, Kobold two, Kobold three, you all should run for an election, and then we let the Kobolds
1: decide who their new leader is. But I got a good impression Bang from Bales one of the three.
0: I got a good impression from Valeska. I think
1: it's extraordinarily difficult to negotiate in good faith with the person with the leader we're trying to unseat as soon as their transaction is over. I understand your objections to Vang.
0: There are realities here that we need to prepare for.
1: And the reality is that, you know, we don't know whether the kobolds will follow anyone other than Vang. We got a good feeling from somebody, but we don't have nearly enough information to propose a regime change.
3: I think if they are going elsewhere, then I'm not going to be trying to actively unseat somebody. I don't think if we ask them that Ving cannot be. We could ask Ving to be willing to step down. I don't think we need to say the you step up, I'm not going to do that because um honestly, I think you guys recall what happened the last time we picked a leader for them, and <laughs> we are yeah. living it.
0: It's- That's true. Uh, um, I think, and I think the.
3: But if they are to stay then I believe that in order for the people of Waterdeep to feel like there has been justice, and they will want to feel like there has been justice, and justice is many things, and sometimes justice is more or less, well, it's less. It's not real justice. But I think that in order for there to be justice, they will want a symbolic deposition of their leader. They, if they stay in this community, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Missus Blackstaff, but uh, do you think anyone in Waterdeep will? Do you th- uh, Waterdeep will do their own justice onto Vang if they stay?
4: I, I believe. Everything except my last name is all correct. I agree with you. My, my last name is actually Safa, but I, I totally understand. She like grabs the black staff that's been leading up against the table and holds it next to her. And she's like, but I, I don't take offense. No, if they stay, there is no doubt in my mind that this leader of theirs will not just be deposed, but will have to stand trial. Uh, that that will be the only way that the, the city of Waterdeep will even accept this group into their midst, so really getting them to leave is the only way that this doesn't turn into having to put these people on trial for attacking us, which would be fair. They they attacked us,
1: and under no circumstances can Vang learn how his dragon board came came to its demise, because I think the only we didn't, didn't tell him. Why I would thought we, have we did? Them? No, we, we, did. From, we did. We it. We we killed we killed it right in front of them. <laughs>
3: Yeah, we killed it. He wa He came in and. I, th- cried. I think we
1: killed it in front of them. He wasn't there when we killed it. Well, Lauren, you, you're, you're, you're everyone's memory. Let's let's settle this right now.
4: None of the kobolds were there when you killed the dragon, however, and you basically tried to say, "Oh, the dragon died," but. It, 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 they know that you, you okay. killed the dragon they were less upset because you also killed what they saw was this what you know is your 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 cousin the one who was coming to kill you and they didn't like her and they felt like she was trying to convince this dragon to do things that they didn't want to do but yeah i you all know that okay. they know that's not a that's that's not in okay. dispute that doesn't need to and be and he still to. met with us which okay well, he was also as and as he said last night, uh, you did also save him from uh, the the necromancer, yeah. as it were.
0: <laughs> I-, I wish we had, that had gone better.
4: Yeah, because like,
0: Jonathan, that was not one of Jonathan the Muscular's proudest moments.
4: No, but in the end, you did ha- save him, and you did. There, there was some good that was done, even though you know it was a complicated situation. But as he said. You know, and you didn't slaughter all the kobolds. You killed the dragon. And then, you know, they were pretty much, they pretty much knew if they attacked you at that moment, they were going to die. Because at the time, none of them were strong enough. So the fact that you kind of walked away was another indication to them that, like, show it was you showed them mercy when you didn't have to. And he remembered that.
0: And we fought side by side with a bunch of them, too.
4: That's true. Uh, when when you were being attacked by the drow and the undead there was a lot going on in in the underdark vajra is going to speak up at this point and say well i will let you lead the negotiations Uh, i'm basically here just to be able to lend credibility to any reasonable meeting that happens because i can basically bully whoever i need as long as as long as whatever comes out of this is vaguely reasonable and as i said if necessary if we need to show uh, a, a gauntleted hand i know how to do wait, things wait
0: tears here now
4: no no like huh. it's <laughs> i mean like <laughs> uh, drop oh, a meteor or uh, d- yes I, banish I just... half the kobolds with half the city with them or yes, something yes, else
0: like that i understand i was making a jonathan the med muscular was making a tiny tiny fat joke Alright, so talking points. I think that um, someone should be the head of the delegation. Like, there shouldn't be four voices. There should be a voice and three people backing backing them up.
2: I'll do it.
1: <laughs> Travacore laughs too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carlton. That
0: is very let's, let's, Carlton, sweet. Here, let's, Vic let's. likes me, does he though? Um, <laughs> anyway, who? So, as I mentioned, there's there's four, there's two roles here. There is backing up, and then and then doing the talking. You, my friend, Carlton, are the ultimate backup.
3: You're like a great point guard.
0: Yeah, you are. You are the loomer. And not the shitty one that I've heard about from some other place. You are an excellent loomer, and I think we should. This is important, so we need to play to each other's strengths. And I believe that is your strength. What's a loomer? You loom over you people. You
3: stand there, and when oh, like someone tries to get a basket in, you like bat it away.
0: Yeah, like a like a center. Like like you are you are you are a height man. Yes, uh, very good.
2: Yes. Okay. I can stand there and loom over.
3: You're also a very good hype man.
0: Jonathan the Mega has I think failed in this capacity in the past and so uh Jonathan the Mega Muscular is not going to be talking.
2: Should we let Miss Black uh, what'd you say your last name was? Miss Blackstaff. Safa.
4: My my name is Vajra Safar. I know we just met, but That's yes, hello. I,
2: I think She's your boss, Jonathan, that she should do the talking and I can be her height man.
4: Cute. Your last
1: name is cute, bro. I would be okay with Bernie being (laughs) in delegation because I think she has a way of explaining things that makes them digestible.
3: I'm also incredibly cute and non threatening.
0: You are literally on their level.
3: It's nice when you can, like, look people in the eye and talk to them. Because, I mean, no offense to you guys, but when you are a small person and you live in a large world and people are always bending over to talk to you. Somehow what they say always tends to have a little shake of condescension on it, even when it's really not meant that way.
0: Yeah. Uh, with a smirk, Jonathan the Muscular gets down on one knee and says, Bernie, what do you mean?
1: And that is why you are not leading the delegation, Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan the Muscular already admitted yes. to this. Well, and I have ex- extensive diplomatic experience, so if you need to leverage any of that, I'm here. I'd say, yeah, Like, I think Travancore would be an excellent second.
3: An excellent second. We have to be careful, though. He has some monarchist tendencies.
1: <laughs> well, that's why you're- We're not you going to see eye to eye on everyone, you know? but in terms of the negotiation piece of it, in terms of what we're willing to live with, I can, I can be a guide, but then, yeah, you're the voice of the group.
3: All right. Okay, this sounds good. I think the first thing we do is we get – we need to – how much time do we have and are we going to nap before this? We're going to nap before
4: this, right? Well, you did just wake up. (laughs) It is No, we woke up at midnight,
3: Lauren. It's what? We're eating – it's like –
4: Yes, it's like it's like nine ten o'clock in the morning, and so we've been awake for nine hours. Oh, uh, yes. So you and the meeting is at midnight, so, so you could take another long time. rest. Yes, if you wanted to before I end. If there was anything else you needed to do, you would have plenty of time.
3: Are we on the same page about about asking for a kobold from the water deep community, an elder maybe?
4: I'll ask around and see who I can find who also might have any. I'm not just going to grab some random person off the street. I want to make sure that anyone that we try to bring into these negotiations actually has some experience with negotiation. So I cannot guarantee I'm going to have somebody by tonight. But if things come to a standstill and I can't have someone by tonight, I can try. Or if it looks like they're going to have to remain and we're going to have to further discussions about where and details like that, then I'll find someone by then, but...
3: I think that's fair. I don't know that we need them tonight.
1: One more thing. There is a man by the name of Gestalt who used to run the uh, Golden Rock Tavern. If we're able to track him down and have him come for the negotiations, if integration is an option, then at least we can demonstrate a little bit of, you know, getting them to know that the people of Water, you know, let them see one of their faces and see well, what are the other people that would be living in an area that they potentially could be living in?
3: We'd also like him to make waffles.
1: There's that
4: too. Yes, I heard that waffles were promised. Uh, I will make sure that this gestock is found, and if he is able to, we'll be there at the negotiations. Was there anything else? I, I have several other things I need to attend to before I meet with you at this Bar? It's a tavern. Do they it's at a- least have good french fries?
2: They have awesome pancakes.
3: They don't have any chili sauce for their hot dogs.
0: Well, sacrifices
3: must be made for the good of the the city.
0: For the good of the city, and Jonathan the Muscular looks proud.
3: Man, we're gonna have a conversation later, Jonathan, about
0: literally all of this. Jonathan the Muscular is his head is roiling in a sea of a tempest of emotion and conflict. He's he's barely keeping it together right now. He's hiding behind his smile.
3: Bernie's just going to elbow him again. She's just like, she's just kind of like, it's just like, like she's like scratching an ear and she just reaches out an elbow as she scratches and just like sharp elbows him a little bit. And she's like, who even are you?
0: Like, (sighs) I I am a man who gave trust to someone who had been a comrade in arms and then was betrayed.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You watch as a stops himself from rolling his eyes and then stands up, kind of sensing that this meeting is over and looks at Vajra and says, uh, ma'am, I can get you back to your tower and if you want to reconvene here before the meeting time, sounds like we can get you there safely. Jonathan, if if you would let Veng know that we will be arriving at the Golden Rock Tavern by teleportation so that they are aware and we will reconvene here tonight before the time is necessary. Oh, Jack. also no weapons.
0: No weapons? Oh, right. That was the condition. No weapons.
4: Well, I'm bringing my I'm bringing my staff. That's not... I don't well, go I, anywhere I start, without it.
2: I, watch, watch. And I start... I open up my bag of holding and I just slide my sword down into it. We can bring weapons.
4: No, we're bringing weapons. And I'm right, not they're going, going to... Right, are going in the bag. No, I'm not putting my my staff and your bag of holding that will well, just have to be part of, of the message that we don't expect to go into enemy territory without having ways of defending ourselves. That's, that's perfectly reasonable.
3: You can't do magic without your staff.
4: There are other reasons, but I'm, I'm not leaving the staff for the well, same we'll reason. Call it a symbol. We can
1: say that yeah, the staff is a symbol of her authority and they're feeling to speak in, in this context. It's not a weapon and a, it's a walking stick.
4: I would prefer not to even begin this negotiation with lying. Also, if I am supposed to be there as showing that the ultimate consequence of this not working out is dropping a meteor on top of Waterdeep, I will be doing that basically immediately.
3: I would like to not be in the path of the meteors, so let's move immediately to five minutes after we leave.
4: You no, know, I will... Definitely make Let's sure that we 20 will not- let
2: seconds after we teleport well, away. Well, How the idea
1: that? is if it's a negotiation ploy, you kind of need to do it right away to you, if you can extract some sort
4: of concession from them as a direct result of that. All of that can happen. So
1: we can- she, I trust you not to kill us with a meteor.
4: I don't. That's okay. I do not ask for your trust. I just insist that I am able to bring my staff. So you will just have to convince Vang that part of this negotiations will include waffles and weapons.
0: I will message Vang and tell him that we will arrive by teleportation, we will, be, we will be armed, and we come in peace.
4: I want to hear the sending. Okay. I'll let you think about it for a second as Vajra Hold and- Hold on there for a second.
1: Okay. I think maybe instead of saying we will be armed, like if we're relying on uh, on Vagra sort of show of power, maybe as a sign of good faith, the best we can do is the four of us said we wouldn't go armed. We should keep our promise because Vagra can- I, I would imagine if this is goes south, she can at least protect us.
3: I agree, and honestly, what I, I don't need—I
1: I mean, yeah, Bertie
0: and I are are definitely weapons just of ourselves. Plus, and then I have Traven-Gru- these, and Jonathan flexes. Travincore,
1: you can put uh, your your bow in the bag. It's not going in the bag. I'm not taking you with me. I said I wasn't going to bring weapons, and I'm going to honor that. I plan to negotiate in good faith.
0: I'll on a, one thing that Jonathan the muscular is going to do is going to unattune to his new dagger and reattune to his uh to his pearl. So he will he will also have no weapons.
1: And is not completely defenseless. He has the fey goats to protect him. Worst case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I had a
0: note that if we could record some fey goats as we as we ride into battle in the Plains of Avernus. Uh, just, you know, in our meandering style. If we get a chance after we get done.
1: Now, all I can imagine, because it's me, is uh, King Arthur and the Knights of Justice riding into battle on fey goats instead of the normal horses. Because that's my, how my brain works. Eh. okay so
4: with, with that worked out so the the message is to vang uh,
1: the,
0: okay so jonathan the magic muscular puts his fists together his eyes go white as he does the sending, and he says vang we will be teleporting in uh at midnight tonight at the golden rock tavern and we will see you there
2: aren't you going to mention the arms
0: uh, it's your staff i mean i wasn't it's her staff. It's a, not. She will have her staff. I I did not mention. You space. can
1: explain that later on if you need to. Yeah. it's a symbol yeah. of authority. There's no way to negotiate without it. Like if you don't bring it, then it's like, well, who are you? How how do you know if you bring it? So I'd rather just bring it. Just so you can I have a you feeling,
3: Vang will be bringing his staff. So
1: yeah, right. I thought it was a rod.
0: It's whatever it is. It's a, to him. It's a staff. It's an inanimate carbon rod. <laughs> <laughs> All hail the rod. Anyway, that was the message. Just.
4: Okay, the response that you get is from Veng, and he says Great! We found Gestak. We paid him to make waffles. He'll be here. See you then. That's great.
0: Jonathan the Medjamosko opens his eyes. It's like, Oh, they found Gistock. Uh They have paid him to make, make waffles. So, this is good. I feel like this is a positive step if they paid him to make waffles and not enslaved him to make waffles. Air quotes.
4: Very positive. All right, I will see you back here just before midnight. (sighs) Hopefully with more toast. And she wanders off into where the, the teleportation room is followed by Arras to assumably teleport back to wherever she needs to go.
1: Are you looking for a DD and d podcast that'll make you laugh? How about one that'll make you cry? Sweat profusely with stress and anxiety because of a flippin' mule? Taking Initiative is a Dungeons & Dragons 5e actual play podcast with an audio drama feel. These episodes are scored, character-driven, and filled with utter bullshit, Mostly because of Nick, let's be honest. Featuring special guests, the Venture Maidens, D and D is for Nerds, and more. Plus, we're in Wizards of the Coast podcast of series.
2: Welcome,
1: everyone.
4: It's your power Ray Yeah, it's an interesting time you had, Nick.
2: I pat the horse on the rump.
0: Thank you, great-grandfather. He <laughs> <laughs> just said his hopes and dreams. He didn't cast a spell. You gotta get down deep and lift from the knees. So that's the only big organ he has?
1: <laughs> Damn. Thinking Initiative. Look us up on Twitter at TI underscore pod and on our website, thinkinginitiativepodcast.com.
4: We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official, free-to-play Dungeons Dragons-based clicker game available on PC and Mac on Steam and Web, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, iPad, iPhone, and on all the Android devices. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the podcast, and it is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from the Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, Sea Team, Force Grey, and more. It's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. And speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folk who make idle champions, we're fortunate to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. Now this code expires on July 21st, 2019 at 8pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem it once this episode is posted. Open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. E-D-G-E T-O-P-H F-O-G-Y. So use that code and let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. Is there anything over the next 12 hours you'd like to do? Or would you like to skip ahead to tonight? Um,
1: Corps is going to try to flag down Razzo real quick and just sort of ask him to send a message to Olivia just to see how she's doing.
4: Okay. Razzo will ask, uh, do you mean like a paper message or like a sending message? If you can or... do sending, that's fine. I, I, I have... Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I, I meant like get someone else to send a me- uh, uh, sending sending. Oh,
1: well, yeah. If someone else can do it, that that's fine. I, I kind of want to re- reserve my party spell slots for reasons. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I, I totally understand. I, I can... Do that. Although sometimes it's a little disconcerting to get a voice in your head that you're not familiar with. So, um, I have plenty of paper and ink, and I even have some. Have you seen this deluxe quill that I just got? And he holds up a little inkwell with a quill that you can tell that this is this is a man. Who knows his writing implements. It's got like the little cushioning right around where you put the put your fingers. The actual, it looks like a peacock feather. It's huge, but it's balanced perfectly. He says, "I, I you're more than welcome to use this if you'd like.
1: Travancore's eyes light up and he immediately pens a message to Olivia, Lady Olivia Passerak.
4: Perfect. Razzo respectfully gives you some, some distance so that you can write whatever it is that you need. Um, and you can tell me what it is that you say at a later date. And, okay. yeah, and he offers you some some ways to uh, wrap it all up. And he says, I oh, will get this out to her d- immediately, sure. Thank you, Razzo. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Anything else? That's it for me. For anybody else, or are we skipping to tonight? I'm down to skip to tonight. I'm, I'm
2: good with uh, jump time jumping.
4: Time jump. You have all had another long rest, because it happens. Because... Why not? You meet back up with Aras and Vajra in the teleportation room and Aras will take 10 minutes to recast R- Rory's telepathic bond to all of you and Vajra. Are your animal companions coming again? No, Coco Snoot staying. Okay. How about Shadow?
2: Uh Blue will stay in the Feywild.
1: There's only one way to uh to determine this. Oh, uh, Shadow's coming.
4: Okay. Shadow's coming. And how about Bucks? By the way,
1: that's a, that's a 20, so I don't know if we're going to roll oh. for anything else. I'm, I'm drinking. <laughs> Dang
4: it. Shit. So uh, Bucks is going
0: to not come, but he is going to take he knows the way to the Golden Rock Tavern, so he is going to try and fly there and, uh, and be sort of our eyes in the sky. Even if he can't get direct contact with me, at this point, Bucks, he's got a pretty good idea of what he needs to be uh, our surveillance owl.
4: If, and it won't take him too long to fly there. So uh, the Golden Rock Tavern is not too far away.
2: This just proves that birds aren't real. They're just government surveillance drones.
4: <laughs> Dude, if you see the chemtrails
0: they leave, it's chemtrails and not pee or poop. Ah. Sure. <laughs> ah. And before he goes uh, on on his mission, Jonathan the Medramuscular is going to kind of... So Jonathan the Medramuscular is going to hold Bucks and kind of like give him a little owl pet and be like, buddy, you take care. And... Uh, you're good. You're good at this. By uh, you, you're a great owl and a good buddy. And so we'll see you after.
4: And yep, he gives you a wing thumbs up as he flies off. Weapons are in the bag of holding. Vajra is still holding her staff, and she looks at all and she's all of you and says, "All right, well, let's get this over with." And she slams her staff onto the ground, and you all feel the familiar teleportation magic take a hold of you, and instantly you are standing in front of the golden rock tavern not only is it a quick jump but vajra obviously knows what she's doing when it comes to this kind of thing and so it's like you blink and you're there and there's nobody around the street is dead silent but you do smell food cooking inside the golden rock tavern
3: Yes, waffles. Bernie's just gonna walk through the door.
0: We didn't cut someone in half with this teleport. Excellent. Yeah, I'm surprised I'm still here for reasons. Well, no, <laughs> I, I mean, when we were teleporting in, like someone wasn't standing there, and then all of a sudden, half of them get replaced by the air that we're, you know. Oh, it- Teleporting's
1: funny. Let's go in and eat. Foggers v- a pro. I'm not surprised.
4: Yeah, they get shunted to a different spot, or we get shunted. Don't you know about that? You, we, uh, that really? That would be horrible. Yes. No, they get pushed, or we get pushed. It's No one would ever teleport if that's the kind of thing that would happen whenever you just appeared somewhere. That would be horrific.
0: Jonathan the muscular is, is fairly new to t- teleporting, so please excuse uh, my na- naivete. But yes, good lesson. Thank you.
4: Teachable moment. Uh, Bernie has already walked in. Uh, has opened the door to walk Bernie's inside. In the door. Otherwise... Yeah,
3: Bernie's like, oh yeah, waffles, and she like, what? She's like, I am hungry. I would like three waffles, please, and I would like some thinly sliced cheddar cheese to dip in the syrup.
4: So you open the door and you start to say this, and you come face to face with Valessa, the the female roguish cobalt that you had encountered the night before. And uh, do you continue to say this like to her face or do you stop? She's going to
3: say, I was like, hi,
4: Valessa. And the the kobold nods at you and kind of regards everybody standing there. Bernie and, and all of you now can see because the door is open, although this kobold is standing in your way. The Golden Rock Tavern is empty except for Valessa. And further inside, you do see Vang sitting at... Uh, one of the larger booths that is available, and just on the right hand side, you do see Gostok, and it, it, he's in his normal spot. Like Bernie's gonna wave food. to Gostok. She's like, "Hi!" He gives you a wave back. He looks concerned, but not freaked out. I still have your pirate shirt, Gostok? He's not wearing the pirate shirt at the moment. I, I still, I still, I still have yours. Oh, okay. Gives you a nod and a wave, but he also doesn't respond. He just, he looks a little tense like he's in the middle of two wars negotiating Valessa looks at all of you she regards the bear for a very long time and then she looks at Vajra and she says there were not supposed to be any weapons
3: Vajra I'm gonna let you take that one
4: and Vajra looks down and says I don't go anywhere without this this isn't a weapon this is part of me and there's this very long pause as the two of them regard each other, not necessarily trying to intimidate each other, just two, two beings who have differing opinions on this moment. And Valesa turns, not out of the doorway, but back towards Vang. Um, and I know a couple of you do speak Draconic. And so Yo. those of you who speak Draconic hear her ask Vang. So the black staff came with the staff. Are you okay with this? And Veng speaks up and says, "Frankly, I'm surprised that that was even a question. Yeah, sure. She's probably going to drop a meteor on us anyway, and then we'll just kill everybody else. It'll be fine. And Valessa nods, moves out of the doorway, and motions for you all to enter.
3: Bernie will go over to see Veng first. And assume that Gistak is going to come take an order.
4: There's no food at the table that Ving is sitting at. However, there are cups of coffee and the teapot for you is sitting out. So everybody's got a cup of coffee uh, and you've got tea in, in a teapot. Like like you would expect Gestak to have out for you.
3: Thank you, Gistak. Hello,
4: Ving. How are you?
0: Hungry. Annoyed.
4: Ready to get this over with. Sit. Sit, 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 sit. Alright.
0: Uh, oh, Jonathan the bench Muscular, before we teleported at cast Mage Armor on himself.
4: Okay. Do you all sit? Yeah. Yes, we sit.
1: Yeah, I sit. Yep.
4: Valessa continues to stay. She closes the door behind you and continues to stand by the door. No weapons drawn, but but on alert. Eventually, Gustak wanders on over as you are all sitting down and says, Uh, so the, the stores are a little light, so I don't I don't know, am I what are we doing here? Waffle Alright.
3: And bacon? All the bacon. Oh, if you've got any bacon, I would suggest just cooking all of it tonight. And do you have any cheddar cheese?
4: No, nothing that's left. Apparently these cobals really like cheese. Bernie's
3: going to suppress a dirty look at Vang. Okay, I Butter, uh- do you have butter and syrup? Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got
4: that. Okay, then I think we'll be good with those things. All right, try to make peace. Don't burn everyth- everything down. And he goes back behind the bar. And Vang sits up, and you can see that he's got... He's also got a cup of coffee in front of him. And he's holding it the same way you do when you're, like, cradling something warm. And he looks up at all of you and says, All right. So what?
3: Ving Ashstalker, may I introduce you to the black staff of Waterdeep, Vajra Safar.
4: Yeah. Vajra Ving, Ving Vajra. They look at each other, Ving says.
3: Alright, yeah.
4: So, what?
3: <sighs> Lord Almighty. We're all going to chew with our mouths closed. I think that's the very most important thing we're going to establish here tonight. Ving we have some solutions we would like to present to you. Our compatriot Carlton may have found you all a safe place to live. A permanent home. One that could be yours, and one that you wouldn't have to fight anyone to have or even hold on to. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> I, am uh, You did. We did literally tell Carlton that he was the man. Yep. <laughs> uh, Jonathan <laughs> says through the uh through the call.
3: And 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 Bernie is just like sitting there. She's like, I did say that.
4: Okay. This is like what? Just outside of town. This is in town. Where is this thing? It's
2: up the road.
3: It is up the road. A ways. How intent are you all on being in? water deep is water deep the goal for you or is it simply a home
4: out of the underdark was the goal this is kind of nice though so like it i said is, last
3: night someone made this nice though vang yeah and it's theirs well, It's ours now it really isn't can you
1: and draven sort of put something through the bond, and he says well Let's think about what's most suitable for, for kobolds. I mean, this place is basically a fixer-upper as far as they're concerned. It's going to take them time to get it the way they want it. Yeah. Garden Forest, we could sell them on the idea that it's uh, more move-in ready, so to speak. Former realtor here, talking realtor things. I was about to
0: say, very <laughs> that's uh... that's
3: a very, <laughs> I've watched enough HGTV to know that lingo. <laughs> Thing, do you really think you can thrive in a city that's not designed for being nocturnal?
4: I don't understand. We we thrive wherever we need to. We're very good at this. We've been well, here for the last couple of days. It's been fine. I mean, kind of sucks you got squint in the middle of the day, but whatever.
3: Would you rather a place that was suitable no matter what time of day it is?
4: Well, we're not going back to the Underdark.
3: No. Uh, have you heard of the Crypt Garden? No. It's a little bit north of here. It's not a long journey, but. Up until recently, there wasn't a place that anybody would or really could live, and we sort of expelled a rot demon, and the wildlife are back.
2: So that's fresh food, yo.
3: It is fresh food, and the trees are growing, so it's not a place that gets a lot of direct sunlight,
4: and Carlton's people used to live there. And Bing looks over at Carlton and says, used to.
2: Yeah, I'm the only one left. They all died.
4: What happened? Severus. They were killed. Yeah, well, how? In war. Alright, who are you warring with? Other orcs. Are those other orcs still there?
2: Nah, they're gone. I was only a pup.
4: So who's there now?
2: Nobody. No one. Why is no one it's there? abandoned.
3: Well, I think, if I'm correct, the blight that's no longer there drove everybody out. And
2: also, Southcrypt is very deep in the forest, so if you're just Barely going into the outskirts of the forest, you're not going to find my old home. You got to go into the forest, deep onto the mountainside. You would
3: have a space that you could live, and you would have relative privacy, and you would be able to make it your own. It would come a little more easily adjustable. You also wouldn't have any hostile neighbors.
4: What What do you mean by hostile? Every, everyone that we talk to is hostile. Everywhere we go is hostile. If we move there, aren't we going to have hostile neighbors there too? That's the best part.
1: You'll have no neighbors. Thank you, Carl.
4: There's
3: no neighbors.
4: Uh, Bernie, as this negotiation continues, at this point, I want you to roll a persuasion check. I thought that was coming. I Can was I one-
2: insight to see how they're taking the what we're telling them?
4: Uh, sure.
1: Come on, Bernie. Heart of the cards.
4: That's a 17th. Okay. Nice. And Carlton, what's your roll in your insight?
1: That will be
2: a ten.
4: Okay, Carlton, you're spending a lot of time being a hype man, and uh, and you're not exactly sure what a hype man actually does. So he says, "Yeah, a lot." Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so you're focused on that, and then also you've had to explain your history and things. So you you, it's a little hard to read. Veng, Bernie, you explain all this, and Veng kind of thinks about it for a little bit, and he's like, "How
3: far of a trip is it?" How long did it take us to get there? In the, in the call, Bernie goes, Jonathan, Jonathan, how long did it take us? It took us like nine years, right?
2: Well, in game days, it took us like three days. In real days, it took us like four days. Well, months. no, that was
0: the whole adventure. Like uh, Jonathan right. the relay relays how long it took to get to the Grip Garden.
4: So It's about three days, yeah, if you don't stop. You guys got waylaid in Amphail. That's why it took so long. So it's about three days of travel. Are you going to tell him three days of travel on the roads or here? Let me do it this way, actually. So you in the call have this conversation and oh, it's about three days. And then Vajra in the call speaks up and in the call says, "We don't want them going through Amphail. So it may take a little bit longer than that. We're going to have to off road with them. Okay. Uh, it's for everyone's so safety. What, do you, I what do
0: you think? Like five days then? We'll just say
2: give or take three days. That's give or take. It could go a little longer. It could go a little shorter. Give or take take four four days. Yeah. Because weather conditions, you know, road conditions. Give or take,
3: depending on the road, give or take four days.
4: That's That's a long way to go when we've already got a comfortable place right here.
3: Thing, you don't have this place. If you stay in the exact manner you're in right now, you will be assaulted on all sides. I don't want that outcome for you. Whatever you do, what you're doing now is not going to continue. If you really, really do not want to spend four days on a road in order to have a permanent, safe home, and she's going to kind of look over at Vanessa and she's going to look back. And she's going to say, if you don't want to wake up in fear every single day, if that's not worth four days of your time, I know it's a lot of people to move thing, but like, what is four days compared to forever?
2: And I'll help you move.
3: He will.
4: We all will. He says,
3: not committing to that herself.
4: <laughs> so this place is safe.
3: This place is safe. And if it doesn't feel safe, we will help you make it safe.
0: We, the first time we were there, we worked very hard to make it safe.
4: At this point, Gestak shows up with waffles. And (laughs) as he places the waffles down, Vang gives you all a a very long look. And then he says, I'm right back. And he gets up from the table and he walks on over to talk to Valesa, And he kind of leaves you all alone. And in the call, you hear Vajra say, Well, that went better than I had hoped. I, I figured by now we'd already have to be dropping the media. So that's good.
0: Oh, yes. No, yes, yeah. Now we're
4: good at what we do. If we can convince them to take this deal, best thing would be to convince them to take it and go tonight. If the city can wake up tomorrow with them gone, then they won't be out for blood and we won't we probably will not have to sue for reparations or those to be put on the chopping block for being the conquerors in this area. So if we can just get them out of here and if the city wakes up tomorrow and we can just give them back their stuff, we'll be less likely to have an angry mob on our hands. Be just
2: like Cobalt's advocate, aka Demon Devil Advocate, what about tomorrow night? Because like, if they need to pack up their entire peoples, that's going to take some time.
4: Well, we'll have to yeah. convince them to be quick. If they're here tomorrow then we'll have to deal with people watching them leave tomorrow, or at least more than there will be tonight.
1: Is the city of Waterdeep willing to offer assistance to get them out as soon as possible if they agree?
4: We'll offer them safe passage, and I will make sure that all of the guards along the roads know what's coming, and I will w- make sure that Amphail knows, although I still recommend that they go around the town, but I will i will make sure that their-, their path is unmolested. I can't offer them... I cannot in good conscience offer a conquering army, an army to escort them away. They will have to make their own way. I will just make sure that they will not be, in, they will not encounter any resistance from us along the way.
1: Travancore looks over at Shadow and says, glad I brought you, buddy. We might have to help them move.
0: <laughs> well, I think we, I think given enough time, we could probably go back and get our stuff and animals.
3: Yeah, I don't think we're gonna, they won't be packed in the, in thirty seconds,
0: right? We can. I can teleport us back, and then, and, and even if we walked, it's not like we've walked from the Golden Rock Tavern to the to the Acropolis a lot. Even if it takes us like an hour to get back there, pack up, and then and then get back, that's we can be like, hold on, we'll be right back. Hell, I don't even have. I mean, the only thing I left was my dagger, so I could I could stay here while everyone else went back and got their stuff. That's why you get the bag.
3: Yeah, all of Bernie's shit is in the bag, by the way.
0: Jonathan the Magic Muscular actually like left his dagger at home.
4: So <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's a pocket universe, basically. There's it's not technically here. <laughs>
4: <laughs> at this point, Veng returns and um Valessa is actually following him this time. So the two of them approach the table. And Veng looks at all you and says, Here are my demands. We'll go there when we know for sure it's safe. Who's the last person that was there?
1: Us, uh, yes,
2: all of us. Yes. When, when Actually, was it? that? That was blank time ago. Yeah, it was Jonathan months the Magic Muscular That was, was
4: Julia has no clue because she thinks it was probably in... what, like a yeah. in
2: game time, like months, two six months. months. Yeah,
4: it was several months. So, uh, when you say that, Veng says, "I want to know before we arrive. I want to know that we're not walking into something." And so, But well,
2: we also. Uh, and I, like, gesture to Va- uh, Vajra that, like, she talked to her peeps that know the area and they said it was vacant just yesterday.
4: They went? Yeah. Magic. Magic. Uh, they magically they the left. Magic. Vajra speaks up and says, uh, We did a very thorough scry. And Bang says, No. No, no, no. I don't want scrying. I want feet on the ground looking at stuff. We'll go. It's gonna take us a couple days to get there. I want to know when we get there that it's safe to be there. I want people there who are willing to make sure that there's nothing going on. And so, we want the four of you to go.
1: Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's reasonable.
2: Well, I was gonna say, Vajra, can you call your peeps and then have them walk over? And then that way, while we're walking to the place, they're walking over, and then they'll check in and let us know before we get there, and that way we're already halfway there.
4: No, I want the we want the four of you to go. I know she can send you. You're gonna go. You're gonna make sure that places is, is all neat and tidy, and that there's nothing that's gonna jump out. And I'll I'll get everybody here, and we'll go. But I'm only going if I know for sure that it's safe for everybody. And I you I want don't... us
0: to check it out now?
4: Yeah, that's not what I'm saying now.
0: Well, I thought maybe that you wanted us to come along and be at the head of your army, go forward, check it out, and then come back. Okay, uh, Vajra, is that something that we can do? I can get us back if need be.
4: Vajra looks surprised at all of this and says, Um, yes, I can get you there pretty immediately, sure. And Vang interrupts her and says, Good, you're gonna do that, and then we're gonna pack up our stuff and we're gonna go. And then you're gonna make sure that we're safe along the road, and he's looking at, vajra at this moment you're gonna make sure we're safe along the road and that nobody gets in our way and if we get to this place and it's safe and there's nothing wrong then that's where we'll stay and vajra says you want me to escort you all the way to the crypt garden and Vang says yeah yeah because you can drop a meteor on shit right
3: i mean our friend jonathan he's got a good point fireballs on things
4: yeah, but meteors, and also, she's, like, the person in charge. That's why you had to bring her along, and so if she comes with us, no one will attack us along the way, right? And Vajra says, well, there are plenty of other people that I can send that can do this. And he's like, I want you, and I want them, and, and that's the only way that we're agreeing to this. And in the call, Vajra says, I don't think this is a good idea. I'm not sure that I really want to go on a road trip with an entire army of kobolds. Can you convince them of something else? I mean, do you have
3: somebody who's a direct
4: representative
3: of Waterdeep we can send?
4: N- not someone that can defend them the way that- it- I but mean, we can defend them pretty
2: can well. We, and yeah, Talbond, well, can we convince them that that Jonathan the Magi- Or Travancore is one
0: of the mass lords? No, let's not lie to them.
1: No. no. No.
4: I can get you to the Crypt Garden right away. Or at least in the next couple of hours. I can definitely teleport you there. I'm not sure if I want to be the ones escorting the entire army of kobolds. Um, Help me here. I can, okay.
1: I can tag along with you. I'll come along. That way you have... Well, I well, think we, we should sure going to... Part part no, what I'm
0: saying that's... is we will go on our scouting mission and when we come back, Jonathan the Muscular is volunteering to us oh, yes. To come that was
4: with... That part vo- of what he asked for, though. It Was it? He yeah. wants the four of you to get teleported to the Crypt Garden Forest, to, to basically to South Crypt, to check it out. And he wants Va- And then while you're there, he wants Vajra to escort the Kobolds so that they leave right away. And by the time they get there, you'll have.
0: Oh, we're linking up. I see. You're
4: gonna find shit there. There's shit there that's gonna have to get taken care of, and you're gonna take care of it so that when we get there, it's safe. What if, what if we go
3: and take care of it and come back and escort you?
4: <laughs> and at that, Vajra looks uncomfortable and says, "Oh, well, we would have to." It would be really best if we got them moving immediately. What
2: about Aras? Well, what if Aras escorts so,
0: them? Vadra, uh, there are some apparently some realities that we've kind of stepped into here. We, I agree that we want them gone, but it seems like we're going to have to pay for that. So I think, I think the fact that we've gotten them to leave is amazing, Bernie. Great job. You're yeah. I think at this point now it's up to us to to make the most of the of the deal that bernie has made
2: isn't aras on the call as well yes he is aras as the second highest wizard king it's not would you be willing to uh, escort the kobolds and we can make it so that we can say you'll go as the second ranking officer and vajra has duties that needs attending to here in waterdeep
4: uh if they're okay with that yeah sh- i i guess i'm also not the king here um- uh, You're the wizard king. It's got, it's Aras
3: fine. is Vadra's second in command and is well recognized as being pretty much on par with her in terms of importance and don't mess with him-ness.
2: He can also do meteors.
0: Can do meteors no, I don't from, think, uh, from what uh, I understand. Mesmer, like, I don't think he can, actually. Shut can up, you? Can you Aras? Jonathan. No. Shut up. Okay, he I thought
3: magic that yeah. is powerful in a meteor-like way
0: yeah i i think we sell aras we try and no not actually sell aras sorry we uh we position aras as as a as a worthy alternative so let's, yeah, that's let's what give she's that doing. yeah that's what yeah yeah,
4: yeah you, okay bernie go ahead and i want you to roll one last persuasion check and let's see what happens
3: that's a 23 Damn. nice
4: oh. nice
3: woo we're I think, Vang, that ass is a perfectly suitable alternative, and he will do an equally good job of defending you. And honestly, I feel like, you know, he's probably a little inclined to get out and stretch his legs and would likely enjoy the adventure.
2: Stretch his wings.
3: His wings, too. Those things. He can fly.
2: So he can get a bird's eye view of any dangers that may be coming.
3: Precisely. And and in her in in the call, Bernie goes, "Good job, hype man." <laughs>
4: <laughs> well hyped, sir. Yes, well, I think this is an excellent. Uh, I I think this is an excellent compromise, don't you, Ving? And she gives him a kind of a meaningful. You should agree to this. <laughs> One <book."> of those? <laughs> mm-hmm. And Ving says, "All right, but first, more waffles." And I that like that plan. Right is where we will end. And the next time we get together, you will be teleported to South Crypt because Veng wants you there right away. Let me give so, you some experience. Question, Gee, I wonder what we're gonna do at RTX.
0: That's what my question actually, was gonna
4: be. Actually, we're gonna talk about that off air. Let me give you some experience and end the and end the game, and then give me like three minutes because I we have some options, and it's not actually gonna. It might not actually be that. Okay, first for coming up with a decent plan for convincing. I honestly didn't think you'd be able to convince Vajra to do half the things that you wanted her to do, but that worked out for waffles and everything I'm I'm going to give you. And I was totally tempted to give you four experience just to tweet <laughs> you after what happened last time. Just to time. fuck with us. <laughs> just to fuck with you. Because the last Fortune time experience each. I was going to give you four experience to split between the four of you. Except I won't. I will give you 4,000 experience to split Yay! between the four of you. Hey, we're You will get a chance to have a long rest before the next time we play. And the okay. next time we get together, we'll be at RTX. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeon drunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you Megan, Linnea Boyev, Laurie, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.